Lined into left center, and what a play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady. And welcome inside episode 82 of Breaking Bats, presented by Not For Long Media. My name is Justin Ayers, and I'm joined, as always, by Kate Maniscalco. It is a rare Friday podcast. This is not, not Wednesday, so, uh, you know, Friday vibes are going. The, the, the good times are flowing. Zach Bryan just dropped a new album. I got halfway through it, so it's, it's a good day. How are you, Kate? I'm doing well. I'm doing better than you because I've already had two cups of coffee, and I know you're you're on the struggle bus, but it's Friday vibes, so we're going to get through it. It's Friday vibes. It's the Friday Vibes edition of Breaking Bats. Yeah, it's almost weekend. You're listening to this. You're cruising to the weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah. This week, kind of a condensed episode, but we have a top story, and we have a lot of buying or selling of top stories around the game of baseball for buying or selling what we're hearing out there around the news. All right, we'll start this week with uh, the New York Mets and Pete Alonso because Ken Rosenthal – I've just been loving. Side note: I just been loving Ken Rosenthal's content lately. He he does that like fair territory with the foul territory. Foul territory people. Just want to give a shout out to Ken. Guy's crushing it. Um, he reported the Milwaukee Brewers made a serious push to get Pete Alonso back at the trade deadline. Uh, the Mets were like, "Well, let's just pump the brakes here." I don't know how serious that was. Um, Alonso only has one more year before of arbitration before he hits free agency next winter, but. This is kind of concerning if you're a New York Mets fan right now. It's not a great time in Flushing, Queens. You just traded away all your pitching. You're going through a rebuild. It's going to take two, three years maybe. And now the face of your franchise almost was sent to Milwaukee. Talk about Friday vibes. The vibes aren't great right now in in Mets fandom right now. Um, If we think back to Billy Epler saying that, you know, the, the window for the Mets competing is 2025 realistically, I don't know. This kind of casts the doubts of where CP in Flushing, Queens much longer. Yeah, I think it's also interesting the fact that he's pretty much the face of the organization right now. Like you give away Scherzer, you give away Verlander, and you have him and you have Lindor as the two, you know, pivotal guys in your organization. So the fact that they were even taking the calls on Pete was very shocking to me. And again, like you said, if they're going to compete in 2025, do they plan on re-signing Pete or they're going to get rid of him and just completely wipe the entire roster? Maybe, maybe they want, want that payroll flexibility. Maybe they want the payroll flexibility yeah. to go out and, and play around in free agency. Um, and, and maybe they have maybe they have some sort of long-term plan in place that doesn't include Pete Alonzo. It's just weird to think about Pete going anywhere other than a, a Mets uniform. It's it's weird. I don't it is he seems like one of those guys that's like a lifer. Like he's so ingrained in like the fiber of like who the New York Mets are. Like yeah, at every fight he's he's in there, he's mucking it up, he's a national presence. I don't know, but if you look at the numbers for Pete this year, it's actually not a great Pete hitting year. He's only hitting 222 and his on base is 322. And I, I don't know if you necessarily would want to give him, like, I, what, what do you think a Pete Alonso contract would look like? What do you think he would want? And then what do you think what's actually more realistic? I think realistically, I could see him wanting six, seven years, but I, I don't think that's realistic, especially, I know you noted he's going to be 29 in December, gives his shelf life probably 37 he could start to fall off a little bit. But 
But if the Mets were to sign him long term, I could see them giving him a bigger deal, like a, a six year, I mean, like 120 for six years. But I, I don't know if they want that longevity with Pete, especially considering what they plan to be doing in 25, 26, which is rebuilding and kind of having more flexibility during free agency, during the trade deadline, as opposed to what they've done in previous years. And even just this previous offseason was go out and just spend big on the market. What do you yeah, think they should give him? I think five years is the max. Uh, I was reading John Heyman wrote this in the New York Post. John Heyman said 175 for five. That seems a little high. That's Goldschmidt high. got Goldschmidt got 125 for five, and then Freeman got 162 for six. But Pete, th- those guys are like five, six, seven win players. Pete is like a three win player this year. And if he yeah. if he finishes like three and a half, four wins, like I don't know. I don't. I, I think five years right around that Goldie number was probably, but he's going to want more than that because he's going to say like, Oh, my power numbers are up. I'm still hitting 40 bombs. Like, you know, I, I feel like he's going to want way more than that. Maybe that's where the Mets would kind of have a little pushback. I'm just worried about paying a first baseman that long into their thirties. Cause I, as an Orioles fan, I still am haunted by the Chris Davis. He is the exact same thing. He was 29 years old. He was uh, given a seven year, $160 million contract. And it was one of the worst ever. So there is a there is some risk when you're paying a pure slugger, such as a Pete Alonso and a Chris Davis. Absolutely. I think the argument Pete could make, if I'm putting my lawyer cap on, is saying, but I am the face of your organization right now. And aside from myself and Lindor, you're not you're only looking towards younger guys right now that are coming up. I mean, you could say McNeil plays a part, Nimmo plays a part as well. But Pete, it's, I mean, you think Pete Alonso, you think the New York Mets. So I feel like he could use that as leverage maybe to get a little bit more money, maybe an extra year or two. But again, like you said, to pay someone who's primarily hitting over $160 million just seems a bit high, in my personal opinion. Yeah, like I'm looking at his field, and he's, he's above average first baseman, but that's not really what he, his value would be based on. His value is to be based on that 39 bombs he has right now. But yeah, I mean, you're, 222 is that's, I, I know they could spin that and be like, oh, you know, his, his it's a bad to down year or whatever, but. Uh, that that worries me. I don't want to pay somebody whose strikeout rate is going up and average is going down for $30 million a year. That just doesn't seem right. Um, I saw a bunch of articles that were like doing comps for Pete. It was like Olsen got of the Braves. He got eight years, 168. Chris Bryant, seven years, 182. And Goldie, like we said, five years. Was it 125? Yeah. Um, yeah. That none of those, none of those jump off the page as being like l- realistic comparisons for Pete Alonzo. Like I know they're all like late 20s into late 30s, but. I feel like all of those guys are better. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the people you mentioned, Goldschmidt, Bryant, Olsen. I mean, I still think it's just crazy that the Braves got that for Matt Olsen, eight years, $168 million. But again, I think that he will stay with the Mets, but I don't know how much they're willing. I, again, though, I can't see Pete leaving for more money. And maybe that sounds super naive, but I, I truly can't see him in another uniform. But you can also make the argument and say, could you picture Freddie Freeman in any uniform other than a Braves? So, I, I mean, I guess he he could go. I think he would only go to like a like what Freddie did. He would only leave for a team that's like good and like contending yeah. for World Series titles. He wouldn't just jump ship and go to like, I don't want to throw any team under the bus, but you, you could probably name a couple off the top of your head that just aren't remotely relevant. Um, all right, that was good. We have some buying or selling top MLB stories right now. I wanted to go and start with out West, the Seattle Mariners 
and whether or not they're a legitimate playoff contender. Because I went back and I looked because on July 1st, the Mariners were 38 and 42. Now they are, let's get these up-to-date standings because this is a Friday vibes. They are 71 and 56. And they are in heavy in the mix for that third AL wild card spot. Um, it, it's a good time. It's a good time in Seattle right now. Are we buying or selling them as a playoff contender? I'm absolutely buying. I will go so far to say that they could jump and win the AL West. Like they can pass the Astros and pass the Rangers. Justin is making a face. I am telling you right now, I think it's absolutely possible. The Rangers have been a little bit cold lately. And the thing about that is the Astros aren't doing anything great right now. Like they're playing okay. And then the Rangers are kind of slumping a little bit. The Mariners are getting hot at the right time. Julio Rodriguez breaks the record, 17 hits in a four-game span. To put that into perspective, he had more hits in four games than the Yankees' entire offense did in four games. The pitching staff still has the second-lowest ERA in baseball, trailing only the Toronto Blue Jays. And we always say pitching is going to get you to the playoffs. So I think if the offense stays consistent and the pitching stays consistent, they're going to be fine. I also just looked this up. Last 15 games, they're 11-4. and four. Like they're They swept the Houston Astros. So for anyone saying there is no way in hell the Mariners can pass the Astros or even ultimately pass the Rangers and the AL West, I think you should watch this team a little bit more. And down the stretch, it's going to be so close, especially in September. It's about who's going to get hot at the right time. And if they can stay consistent, what do we have left? A month of regular season baseball? If they can stay this consistent or even 75% of what they've been doing right now for the remaining for the remainder of the season, I, I really do think they have a shot. What do you think? I don't know. If- I, they're not. They're not winning the West. I know the Rangers have lost seven in a row, but that's still Texas's division. Like that's okay. just the Rangers just are, are just the more complete team. I know the Mariners. I, I looked it up, and they're actually they're in the second wild card position right now. Them and Houston are like neck and neck. So, um, I like him as a I like him as a playoff contender. I I don't like them as much as you do, but that's not to say I still don't like them. But because like we look at what what good playoff teams are built on, they're built on pitching, timely hitting, and like one guy going like nuclear hot. Right. And they have all of that. They have like a really, really good young starting rotation, like Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby, my, my guy Bryce Miller. Like that's four legit guys in a playoff series. And like you could even put Bryce Miller in the bullpen if you needed, if you wanted to go three man. Like that's just a great starting rotation. Um, the, the hitting though, Julio, Julio Rodriguez going like white hot at the, at the right time, it's perfect for them because there, you look at the playoffs, there's always like playoff heroes. And if this is the year that Julio can be the playoff hero, like that's, He's gonna. It's gonna be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like that. I still like Texas, though. I want to reiterate. Okay. Let me. I be like clear. Texas too. I still like Texas. Okay. Okay. You don't. You don't even think the Astros could be could pass the Rangers? You think that's that's the Rangers division? They're a lot. Yes, that is that is. Write it down. Mark it down. Everyone timestamp this. It's time August twenty fifth. They got rainy Friday. You talk about getting hot at the right time. You also want to get your bad losses out of the way at the right time. Like you get them out of the way in August because September baseball comes around and then the Rangers are going to be playing meaningful baseball deep into October. So that's, but yes, I still, I still like the Mariners. This team was so much fun to watch in the playoffs last year when they got the blue Jays out of the wild card. It was so much fun. Um, But Texas. Okay. Let me be clear. Um, All right. Next up the white Sox. Chicago white Sox are considering a move to Nashville when their lease expires at their current stadium in 2029. I feel like we always hear rumors circulating with the White Sox. Are we buying or selling that they would actually consider leaving Chicago? 
for devil's advocate's sake, I will say buying. Now we have a couple years, right? They said six seasons from now. I mean, they've been playing at that current stadium since 1991. I feel like Nashville is a great place to be. I mean, it's obviously popping right now, but if you just read the Twitter comments of Chicago fans, they were actually in an uproar that this story even came out. So I will say they could possibly move, but I also think if they were to have an expansion team, they should just create a new one in Nashville as opposed to just taking the Chicago White Sox and putting them in Nashville. Like they said, like Charlotte, Nashville, and other top cities. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. However, I, I do think that they're going to stay put in Chicago. I think this is all a negotiation tactic. I was reading like way back when they were rumored to be leaving the city a while ago. That I know their, their stadium's not great. If you ever look at like a top list of like top MLB stadiums, like wherever they play in Chicago is like, I forget, is it guaranteed rate? Misty? Guaranteed rate. Yeah. Guaranteed rate field. Yeah. Yeah. US Cellular. I don't know. They've had like 15 games <laughs> for that stadium. Um, it's old and it's like, they, they take, they had to take some of the seats out because it was just so cavernous and it just looked empty all the time. It's kind of run down. So um, I can see why this is becoming a thing. And this is right around the time if it's up in 2029. It's like when you have an apartment lease, it's like, all right, I got to figure out, you got to get two months notice before I move out. So this is right about that time, you know, linearly when I should start figuring out whether or not I need to pack all my stuff up again. This is where the, this, they're at this time. This is at like the three month mark before they have to get their stuff out of their apartment. Um, I, I think Nashville is always like the players love Nashville. The players, I think there was a player poll. They're like 60 something percent of the people said like that would be where they would want like a new, like a new team. Um, I don't think it's going to be the White Sox. I think another team could possibly go there or they could just do that and then add another franchise. I feel like Rob Manford wants to add more than 30 anyway. Um, I agree. Yeah. It's it's Nashville's a fun market though. Yes. Like really in the last 10 years. Oh, it's, it's, it's so much bigger now too. And I think it used to be a big touristy spot. And now a lot of people are also coming there and they actually enjoy living in Nashville as opposed to just having it as a destination place to go to Broadway. So I feel like a team could actually, succeed in that city like that's probably i would say the number one city if they were to have an expansion team i would yeah i would i like i still like montreal we did a video about this last year but talking about like i really want another team to go to montreal because growing up like you hear about all these tales of the really good expos of the 90s like randy johnson and like pedro martinez and like they almost if the strike didn't cancel the season in 94 they would have won the world series like there's just so many so much nostalgia with the city of montreal and it, when the Blue Jays like go there and they still play exhibition games occasionally at Olympic Stadium, um, and they, it sells out every time. So like I still feel like that's a good market and it would help grow the game internationally. We don't have to go play in London or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's if we want to go try to get the international audience again. I feel like we should go back to our conversation from a month ago. Don't look to London and Germany or whatever, Montreal. Let's look somewhere uh, just a smidge closer. You still need a closer passport. to home. Yeah, but it's, you but do it's still close. need a passport. You still need a passport. I will if that's the case. I will not be going to Montreal because I I don't have a passport. Um, Gosh. maybe I don't think I would get one to go there though. I know I just hyped it up for five minutes, but I don't think I would. I don't think I'm paying the hundred fifty bucks. You just said this would this would be the, the best place to have an expansion team for other pe- people. Yeah, other it would be great. Though. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Me, no. going to the post. I'm making an appointment at the post office. You kidding me? Um, here's the fun one: the Orioles. The Orioles owner, John Angelos, has been in the news a lot. Guy loves to talk. Guy's, guy's a big talker. Uh, he said it might not be possible for the Orioles to keep their young core together long-term. He said we can't have, like, the Brooks, Cal, 
Eddie Murray. Like we can't have like that group like together for a while. Um, buying or selling that the Orioles will in fact not be able to keep their, their core together. Like John said. I think they will keep it together. So would that be buying? (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think they're, they'll ultimately keep, keep the core together in, in the end. I feel like as a team for someone that's consistently been rebuilding for years and now they're finally reaping the benefits. Like now is the time that they should just spend the money and, and keep the four together. Especially I thought back to the core four for the Yankees when it was Mo, Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, and um, Posada. They absolutely dominated four World Series in five years. If you want to actually be a legit playoff contender, just keep the guys together, especially because this clubhouse right now has such a great dynamic. Why would you just, like, if you have to up the ticket prices, up the ticket prices. Like, do whatever you have to do to keep the faces of your franchise together. You're shaking your head. I feel like you have a different a different take, so I'm curious. Uh, I am selling that take. I am okay. going to do a hard zag when everybody else zigs. Um, what if I just become like a John Angelos fan? What if I become a John Angelos fan? Because I know the Orioles fans are ripping him a, a new one every single day for, for good reason. He's, he's, it's been tough. It's been tough out there. But I'm thinking he's a master negotiator. This is all part of his master plan. Like, why else would he call the New York Times up and give these weird quotes and talk about the stadium leases that, that's coming up, which he still needs to figure out and sign because by December we'll be homeless. Um, he's saying, like, hey, if you want me to keep this team together and you don't want me to move the team because that was the thing last year. is like Orioles might move. I think Nashville might have been even one of the ones on the list. It's like, you don't want me to move them and you don't want me to raise the ticket prices. you got to give me what I want, state of Maryland, city of Baltimore. And what he wants is, like, more public land to build, like, what the Braves have in Atlanta, which is just like shops and restaurants and bars and hotels around their stadium. He's like, I want that, but he wants to build it on top of a parking lot that the Ravens also own. So it's not entirely practical. And also you can't build on top of where the light rail or there's like an underground thing you can't build on. Um, I don't know why he thinks he can, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my guy, John, I'm going to be a hardcore. You're I'm, I'm going to carry the water for John Angelos on this one. I think he's, it's all part of his master plan. So you think he's going to get rid of the core? No, I think he's. I think he's going to keep them together. I think he's threatening to. Oh. I think he's threatening. He's talking yeah. a big game. Like this isn't even a problem, by the way. Like this, this core is together like contractually for another like six years, I think, or five. It's for it's a very long time to even bring it up now. Haters of John Angelos would say like that's dumb, whatever. But I think big brain, it's big brain shit. So smart. I'm ride, I like it. Ride. Ride John on this one. Um, it's probably gonna backfire in my face. By the way, I don't. It's, it's probably gonna be awful. But I'm just like the whole team is sold. The whole yeah. The, the team. The Orioles move to Nashville. They get rid of Adley and Gunner and all these guys, and they do yeah, raise ticket prices, albeit at a new ballpark. So if I go over three on this, I will look very dumb. But I'm just like I don't know. You gotta try something different. The whole internet hates this guy. They're clowning him. What if what if he's just like. So he's like playing like three dimensional chess with it. Like you yeah. think we're playing checkers with this? What if he's just like five moves ahead off the top one of those like laddery chessboard things? That's what I hope. So I understand. Don't by it. I don't. I don't think he's actually going to get rid of the core. No, they make but so I much mean, money. They pack. Strange. They pack the yard every night. Yeah, I know. They're literally selling. They're selling out. They're selling s- yards. Like what? You don't have to be a, be a sports genius to be like, hey, this is kind of cool. We're making a lot of money. Huh? Yeah. 
We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bass podcast, the original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store guaranteeing a delicious product, so stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bass sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. All right, next up, we have Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani tore his UCL. It's it's not looking great for his long-term pitching future, but this has people concerned about like what, because this is supposed to be his big free agency, you know, coronation. He's supposed to get a billion dollars or whatever. Are you buying or selling that this will negatively impact his free agent value come the winter? I'm going to say it depends. I think it could negatively impact it if he is solely going to be a hitter. I have seen a lot of reports saying that he still should deserve closer to $500 million for just a hitter, which I think that might be stretching a little bit. I did see something that says if he can come back as a reliever, then maybe he can still get that type of money, that $500 million plus deal, because he was expected to have obviously the highest paid contract in major league baseball passes trout. Naturally, if you can play both positions, it it makes sense. But the problem is now when we enter free agency, now it's going to be like about his medicals, about everything that comes out of if he's going to get like surgery or not, which I believe he is going to get. It's going to depend on the extent of the injury. But I think long-term, I don't know if it's going to be that half billion dollars that everybody thought in initially. What do you think? I think you could chop it in half. I think people are saying like wow. the floor, like the floor okay. was 500. I think he's going to yeah. get something in that like 200 to 300 million dollar range because two Tommy John surgeries if he does end up having to need another one, it's the long-term pro like there isn't that many pitchers that have gotten two Tommy John surgeries and been okay. Like Nathan Eovaldi I think is one, but even him he's still having like complications with that still to this day. Yeah. So it's like the human body is only capable of so much and to put it under that kind of stress like he was doing, it just isn't sustainable long-term, and, and this injury kind of proved that. Um, and also, like, if he does end up needing the Tommy John, he will be hitting only. He'll be exclusively a hitter for the next year, year and a half, two years maybe. Um, and he doesn't really have a position. Like, he used to play the outfield, I think, in the Japanese league. I don't think he's played the outfield really at all. He has taken ground balls at first, but you really don't want to have him – I feel like he'd rather focus on his rehab than trying to learn a new position or like trying to figure out how to feel the position. So you're pretty much just getting a DH. What, what DH is worth $500 million? Like that's not, yeah, he's, he'll lead the league in home runs and he'll do all these cool things, but like, yeah, it it sucks. It's unfortunate, but there's a reason why this hasn't been done in a very, very long time. And there's a reason why Babe Ruth gave this up to focus on hitting because it's, it's an insane thing to ask a person to do, to be an elite hitter and elite pitcher at the same time. Yeah, I completely agree. I also saw some reports come out saying that maybe he should sign a one-year deal. I I don't think that really makes any sense, especially if you're not sure if he's going to pitch in the future. He's still easily the best hitter right now in 2023. But again, I think it's also going to depend on the remainder of the season. Like, is he going to go completely cold? It doesn't, we can't really tell how he's going to pitch, not pitch. We can't really tell how he's going to hit for the remainder of the year, especially with like the cramping he had initially. And like now, with the Tommy John, I, in terms of a contract, I know that the Giants and the Padres were expected to give, you know, judge 400 million plus, but I still 
he can also play the outfield. So I think as strictly as a DH, you kind of nailed it. I feel like anything over 300 million, if they really don't see him pitching in the future is going to be tough to get. Yeah. And like, you're still getting an elite hitter, but I also think that like Bryce Harper also had these same problems too. We looked at Bryce Harper, Tommy John, he came back and played first, but even his offense was lacking for most of this year. He's turned it on late, but like his power numbers are gone. He had like four home runs all year. It, it was it was like a very stark contrast to the Bryce Harper of pre-Tommy John, and he, that had nothing to do with like his hitting. So I don't know. I feel like the complications from these these arm injuries are really going to be what's going to be hampering Shohei long-term. Um, but if we could just like pivot real quick, Ben Verlander, what what are we doing? What, what do we do? Ben Verlander flipping bats. He's his Twitter account is just it's sad and weird at this point. Here's a couple of my favorites. Shohei has torn his UCL. My heart hurts for him, and I have lots of strong emotions about it. About it all. Like I, for those who are asking, I'm not okay. Somebody was like, "This guy actually thinks he thinks he's friends with Shohei, and he should pull up his Instagram where Shohei follows him on Instagram. Like that'll prove it to you guys." Um, I get that. Like. Look, I am I have very irrational fandoms towards athletes and affinities. I love Baker Mayfield with all of my heart, but th- there's a there's just it, there crosses a line and it just becomes weird. This is it. Shohei's not dead, by the way, Ben. You he's he's still hit. You're you're gonna see him in like a week. He'll be he'll be out there again. Just, just relax. Yeah, I mean, you can even make this comparison. I was thinking about when Judge went on the IL with the with the toe injury. I didn't see one tweet similar to like to that. And Yankee fans are pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty diehard now. Were I, was I upset? Yes. The, the thought of Aaron Judge not being able to come back broke me inside. I think the tweet was maybe a little bit much, but I, it's, it's tough. He has a deep relationship with Shohei. He, he really does. He, he though? really does. He really does. He did a one-on-one exclusive interview to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Okay. So maybe sure. they're, they're, yeah. they're good friends. He gave every single ounce of what his body was capable of giving to this Angels organization. Yeah, the theatrics and the playing it up as if Shohei Otani has tragically passed away is just really what's what's really it's just weird. So but yeah. Also to say that, like Shohei was chasing the batting the home run record for the first two months of the season. I'm sure he wasn't like, no, please sit me out. He's like, no, I'd like to see if I can go out there and hit 62 home runs. So to say that. To make it appear that he didn't want to go out there and play every day is is interesting. Interesting take. Don't know if I agree with it. <laughs> just I can't. I'm just scrolling his Twitter. It's just oh my gosh. It's you're you're like watching this in real time and you're like watching a grown man talk about another grown man. It's just it's weird. Um, so we we have to call it out. We have to address it. Have to have to hold people accountable on Twitter on on this podcast. Um, yeah, very very weird. Um, did you, I? I don't think he's gonna take a one year deal though. I don't think I don't think Shohei no. would do a one. I think he'll he, he'll probably try to get that long term deal. Still, I guess maybe he'll get what Judge got. The nine three forty three sixty something like that. Three sixty um, nine years. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You're just not gonna get the seven hundred million or whatever people were throwing out yeah. earlier this year. Like he's gonna. He's going to get a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. I'm Well, it's a risk too, but I'm really hoping for him that he comes back and maybe, I don't even know if he'll be able to pitch next year. So maybe 2025 comes back and just dominates. He's just yeah. electric. Both sides, the both sides of the game will be great. Yeah, for Ben Verlander's sake, he has to. Um, okay. A couple more. 
Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone's future with the New York Yankees has been discussed as a hot topic in the New York metropolitan area. Um, all, for, I just want to get this out there. All of Boone's teams have made the playoffs except for this one. And he's like a very underrated, like I've always thought he was a good manager. Yankees fans beg to differ. Um, the cash man is it's usually where people have more strong opinions on, but um, are you buying or selling that there will be mass shakeups in the front office and the organization? Unfortunately, I have to be buying with this. I don't think it's going to come from the front office, though. I think Cashman is here to stay. I think, obviously, Hal is not going anywhere. The problem is that the team needs a scapegoat right now. And unfortunately, it's going to have to fall on Aaron Boone. So he's probably going to be relieved of his duties at the end of the season, which is tough because I wouldn't blame a majority of the losses on Boone this season. Again, can't go out there and hit the ball for the players. You can't anticipate that Luis Severino is going to come back and have over a 70 RA. You can't anticipate that Carlos Rodon is going to get injured and then not be able to pitch when he comes back as well. Like just he's having a hard time coming back. With that being said, I thought he did a great job. He was on John Boy last week and said, you know, other teams still have to deal with this and we haven't done a great job at dealing with it. But I wouldn't blame Boone for this season. But I do think that the front office is now in a really difficult position because what do you do? Like something has to give, someone has to go. I think from a team perspective, maybe there should be some team shakeups with a lot of the players, see what you can get for a lot of your free agents. And then you just go back into buying mode in the off season. But unfortunately, I I do think that Boone may be relieved at the end of the season because it's just been it's been tough to watch. Obviously, they were on nine game losing streak. The last time that happened was nineteen eighty one. They're now below five hundred. They're ten games out of the wild card spot. And how Steinbrenner went on the Michael K show at the beginning of the year and said, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, I do need to start looking inward and figure out what we need to do. And at this rate, on August twenty fifth, they are not close to making the playoffs. It is a shame. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. They will probably have to get rid of Boone, shake things up, light a fire, send a message, whatever cliche, cliches are associated with the firing of a manager who doesn't go out there and play the game. Um, it's weird, though, because like a lot of this, most of this, we talked about this all year, it's the cash man's fault. This is his roster. Boone's just playing the players he has. And like the in-game managerial stuff is... I feel like it's as big of a component here as people are talking about. Like, but yeah, that the roster construction, the lack of depth, the the story that just came out last week, I'm sure you saw where it was like Ben Ruda, former Yankees minor league prospect, was talking about how they only care about certain stats. They don't care about strikeouts. Organizationally, there's a lot of things that have gone wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brian Cashman's in the GM since what, 1998? Yep. Been there forever. I didn't know that. Like that's insane to have a general manager there for twenty plus years. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's tough. It's it's tough. And I think at this rate too, everyone wants something to go down with the front office. Like wants Cashman to go, but I I really don't foresee Hal Steinbrenner letting Cashman go. I don't. Especially like if you want to really get Yankee fans to get mad at me. Everyone was pissed off last year, and the entire argument was, well, they were the top four in baseball. They were one of the last four teams standing. But the problem is that the whole mindset used to be World Series or bust, and now the mindset is just have to make the playoffs. If we make the playoffs, it's successful. Or if we are in the top four teams in the ALCS, it's successful. So I think that something needs to change. And again, unfortunately, it's probably going to fall on Aaron Boone. 
I, I guarantee you, though, there'll be a lot of teams looking. If if Boone does get fired, yeah. there'll be a lot of teams interested in his services for the next season. I like Boone. I think I he's too. animated. He's a players he's a players manager. Like I I like him as a person. And it's tough that this season it's it's gonna fall on him. And I also think the players really like Boone. I remember we were talking about this with Brian. Like he said, if I was a player, I'd love to play for Boone because he defends them all the time. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't give any bad things to the media. Like he'll always have your back. Like he had Donaldson's back even through that like weird thing in the summer. It's like, yeah, we yep. have closed door conversations with him. So um, yeah, I think he's a I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great manager. And I think there would be a lot of teams that would be lining up to 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 sign him this offseason. Um Agreed. anything do you have anything else on the on the Yankees? I know you've been going through a lot lately. Just from like a mental standpoint. Yeah, just just, just you know, vibes, vibe check. The vibes are off. The The vibes are off. Anthony Volpe went out to the media and said the vibes are off. He said they need to figure out how to be basically happy again, how to play. They called up the kids, which I think that's the best thing you could possibly do. They called up Everson Prairin and Oswald Peraza. Peraza has been like up and down a little bit, but now they said they're going to play him, which is great because you can get Pereira in left field, see what he can do next year. You got Peraza at second base. So I'm I'm switching gears and I am hopeful hopeful for 2024. A good point. That's hey, our yeah. year. <laughs> you and the Mets. <laughs> me and the Mets. Me and the yeah, Mets. You, yep. The, the New York teams are just punting at the exact same time. It's great. <laughs> um, okay. Last up, Philadelphia Phillies. This is yours. Yep. Set it up. Talk me through it. All right. I said obviously the Braves are the best team in baseball. But if there is one team, one team in the NL that I think can get past the Braves or can make a deep run. I am going with the Philadelphia Phillies. Justin, are you buying or selling that the Phillies can make a deep playoff run, possibly get past the Braves? Oh, selling. Okay. Not a deep, not a deep playoff run. Oh, I'm looking okay. at. Please give me. I'm looking at like how the wild card works, and I had to re-educate myself because it's been a little bit thinking about wild cards and standings and stuff. Um, Phillies have top wild card, which is great, but that means they're probably going to end up playing the Chicago Cubs, which I think is the second best NL wild card right now. I could be wrong on that. We'll have to get the stats department to check that. Um, but I think the Phillies could easily beat the Chicago Cubs in a wild card round. I think that's yep. an easy one. Um, yeah, they have the top one. Cubs are number two. So that means they would be lined up to face the Atlanta Braves in the NLDS. And the Phillies have not had a lot of success playing the Braves this year. The Braves are four and two against the Phillies. Braves are just an all around better team. I think that's where the Phillies run ends. I think they will make an October run, but to say World Series is a little ambitious, I feel like. Okay. I am I think they can. I think if there's – I like to be hopeful. I like to play the underdog a little bit. If there's a team that can get hot at the right time, I believe it's the Philadelphia Phillies. A standing ovation has saved Trey Turner's season. Last 20 games, he's hitting over 300, which is crazy. So anyone listening, if you want to go up there and boo your players, what if you just get come together, stand, and clap when they're struggling? It's, it's saving this man's season. Schwarber can't hit over 200, but he's still raking with 33 home runs. Fangrass has 84.7% chance of them making the playoffs. Again, still, they'd have to get past the Braves. So I think they could do it. As a team, they're hitting 280 in their last 20 games. It's still a little early. I think if we resume this mid-end of September and they're still this hot, it's possible. It's I think they have a shot. I'm Give me the Phillies. I did see, I saw a tweet the other day that I had to screenshot because like it's a little bit old now, but it says in 2022, the Phillies, 4.6 runs per game. They had a 250, 317, 422 slash line, 397 team ERA, 
big one was they were 66 and 55 through 121 games. This year, they're also 66 and 55 <laughs> through 121 games. The runs per game, their slash line, and their ERA is basically identical. So it's insane. It's crazy. Just a mirror image of last year. I don't know if they have that kind of luck in them this year, but uh, the, the series against the Nationals was a little concerning. Yes. Yes. You lose two out of three of the Washington Nationals. Although They're the Nationals not. are the scrappy Nationals Nats. are doing well. The scrappy Nats. They're like low-key doing well. I, I don't know. I mean, I know they're not obviously making playoffs, but Nationals are coming into their own right now. Our World Series is finishing in fourth place and making the Mets finish in last. That is yes. my personal goal for this team. Yes. They're 24th in payroll. The Mets are first. The Yankees are second. Um, yes. Been a great time. It's been a great time to be a Nats fan. It's it, all. Hey, next year, prospects galore. Although the Strasburg retiring thing was a little sad. I will oh, have to bring yeah, that up. That really was just, sad. I saw it coming. Guy can't get dressed on his own. He can't pick his arms up. He just can't stand for too long. He can't. It, his day-to-day life was severely impacted by this injury. So now he can just get a chance to hang out, be a dad, yeah. make $245 million all guaranteed, which is – he retires, he's going to get all that money, by the way. That's insane. No insurance policy. Yeah, he he deserved that he, contract he too, it. by the way. He earned it. World Series, that run in October of 19 was he, – he earned that contract. It's and Plus, it's not my money, so I don't really care. Yeah, give people, it to him. People, yeah, who cares? Um, okay, it's been, a good, it's been a good week. A lot of stuff coming up next week on the pod. Probably do a Wednesday one next week. Probably won't do another Friday vibes, but it's nice to know we have it in our belt. You know, we just have it in there just in case. Always good. Great. Thanks for always being being here, talking baseball yeah. with me. <laughs> this is getting really introspective. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for always being there. Always. We'll see you guys next week. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music. So